Ashley. Hey, Nicole. Happy 2022. We're in a new year. I can't believe it. Um, I am someone who loves the new year. I'm a sucker for new year resolutions, some goals. Ashley, I'm curious, do you have any new year resolutions yourself? Yes. I feel like they are anti-resolutions, uh, which feels on brand. Uh-huh. Um, so my resolutions are to commit to rest and joy. Love I don't want to increase my hustle or mm-hmm. my to-do list or get better at anything. I am still too worn down by 2020, let alone 2021. Yeah. So. <laughs> I have no idea what 2022 is going to hold. So my resolution is that no matter what happens, I'm going to do what it takes to cultivate joy and make make space to rest. I love that. I... I like a little more structure, but I'm, but, but, but hang tight. I think we're vibing. So for me, I like to set mind, body, and spirit goals for my mind. I want to finish one book per month. Now I know that doesn't sound like impressive to most, especially like former English teachers at the table, (laughs) but I start a lot of books. I mean, I have like 20 books on my nightstand. No lie. It's ridiculous. But the idea here is that I would like complete at least 12. So that's motivating. Um, I'm running a 10K in February. uh, So I want to like keep up my running plan. That does a lot for me just like mentally. I enjoy it. Um, And my spiritual goal is to create more margin in my life for rest as well. So Mm -hmm. I'm carving out two weeknights. This is easier when you have a baby because like my daughter goes to bed at like seven. So I am home. (laughs) The question is, am I going to like scroll social media with those hours after 7 p.m. or am I going to, you know, hustle like you were saying, work? I'm going to try with two of my weeknights to really focus on resting Um, because I think that like a less is more approach to my spiritual life is great. Like if I set aside that time, I know I'm going to fill it with prayer or journaling or doing something that feeds my spirit. So that is my goal. Those are my three goals. Um, so I'm excited. I, I get really energized by the new year. Um, so I'm glad we're doing this podcast. Uh, we'll see how our goals work out for both of us. Um, <laughs> Ashley, today we're doing a 2022 playlist episode. So these are songs that we've picked to kind of like shape our year. We've chosen eight categories. Will you talk us through those? Yes. So our eight categories are a song for hope a song for joy, a song for angst, because we know it'll happen, a song for our commitment to goodness, a song for our rest, a song for play, a song for doubt, and finally, a song for faith. I figure we don't know what we'll need going into this new year, so we might as well cover our bases. We will cover our bases. Do you want to get us started? I would love to. Okay, let's do it. All right, a song for our hope. The song I've chosen is If You Got a Problem by Joy Oladokun. Joy Oladokun, born in 1992, is an American singer-songwriter. Oladokun's music spans the genres of folk, R&B, rock, and pop, and is influenced by her identity as a queer woman of color. She has released three studio albums, Carrie in 2016, In Defense of My Own Happiness, The Beginnings in 2020, and then In Defense of My Own Happiness in 2021. I want to read a little bit about Joy from her website. With a guitar in hand, baseball cap over her eyes, and hooded sweatshirt loose, a woman sings with all of the poetry, pain, passion, and the power her soul can muster. She's a new kind of American troubadour. She is a joy. She is joy. The Delaware-born, Arizona-raised, and Nashville-based Nigerian-American singer, songwriter, and producer. She projects unfiltered spirit over her stark piano and delicate guitar. 
After attracting acclaim from Vogue, NPR, and American Songwriter, her words arrive at a time right when we need them the most. This song, If You Got a Problem, is on Joy's album In Defense of My Own Happiness. I've been reminded this past year over and over that hope cannot rely on circumstance. Mm. We've learned this. My hope has to dig its roots deep into sturdy, strong places. I find the sturdiest of places to be my relationships with family, friends, and my church. When I'm feeling adrift, when my hope is wavering, I look to the faces of the people I love most and their hope, their steadiness, their love for me reminds me that it'll be okay no matter what happens because I'm not alone and I can return the favor. When I feel especially hopeful and rooted, I can offer the same support to the people that I love. So a few lyrics uh, from this song. When the light is gone and you're on your own, you've been trying but the fight never goes away and you don't know when the sun will shine again. All you got to do is look my way. If you've got a problem, I've got a problem too. If you're standing at the bottom, I'll reach out for you. If you need someone to lean on, baby, I can be strong. I'll carry you through. If you've got a problem, I've got a problem too. And that's my song for hope. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, Man. she's amazing. Okay, Ashley, what's your song? Kind of along the same lines. Um, so my song is Ooh Child by Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. Nina Simone was a singer, songwriter, and civil rights activist, and she is considered to be one of the most influential recording artists in the 20th century. There are like 100 people on her Wikipedia page that attribute their own success to hers. Um, She died in 2003 from breast cancer while she was living in France. And Ooh Child is actually not a Nina Simone original. It's originally by The Five Stair Steps, an American Chicago soul group. It's like a sibling group. Cool. And uh, Simone covered this song in 1971 on her album of covers entitled Here Comes the Sun, which I love her version of that song too. Um, And I think I like this version so much because it's so distinct and it's this muted version that's still full of joy and hope. And uh, so the chorus tells us that things will get undone. So the the idea is that things have kind of gotten knotted and all mixed up. So don't worry, things will get undone. Things will get brighter and lighter. And I just, I don't know, I feel like this is a song that I'd sing to my daughter while stroking her hair or helping her go to sleep at night. You know, it's like about how things will get better. It's like a lullaby. And it kind of, it's, I don't feel like it's a don't worry, be happy kind of song. I think it's more along the lines of my favorite theologian, Julian of Norwich, uh, who lived during a plague and wrote about it. And she has this line, um, all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. And I think that there's kind of like this undergirding of being held that, Mm -hmm. you know, Norwich talks about and um, that I think that this song kind of taps into that it's especially saying that like, ooh, child, things are going to get better. It's like someone is in charge. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like when my daughter and I are watching a scary movie or thunder goes off in the sky or whatever, and she looks at me to see that everything's going to be okay. And I feel yeah. like that this is someone, maybe God, you know, saying mm-hmm. things are going to be okay in some, some way, somehow. It's interesting that both of our choices for hope is like external Mm. affirmation that we're not like willing ourselves to hope yeah because I I, because I don't think you can't like I don't think that's the move you know it's just like it's like why we're creating more space for rest in our life we're acknowledging our limitations and I think with hope 
Yeah, it's not like you can bear down and grab it. It's yeah. like, you know, just get stronger, just get more hopeful. Like that's just, that's not where it grows, I don't think. You know, it's in, yeah. it's fostered in community with people who have seen more life mm-hmm. or people who are in a place in life where they can offer a hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that, like hope is so much bigger than like we are going to make it happen. Like we know that it's out of our hands. And in so many ways, Barbara Brown Taylor has this quote. It goes something like, when we feel like we're losing control, we're actually losing our illusion of control. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, especially with the pandemic and everything, that's really illuminated. Like hope is not my five-year plan. It's yeah. something so much bigger. Like even if I were to die, there's hope, you know? And so, yeah. um, ooh, that's interesting. The interplay of these two songs. Yeah. All right. So now is our song for joy. And the song that I've chosen is Dancing in the Moonlight. <laughs> there are so many covers of this song for good reason. And I'm yet to hear a cover that I don't like. Yeah. It's just, it's like the perfect song. Mm-hmm. It's, it. there's never a bad time to play it. always a good choice it's good on any playlist like dancing in the moonlight Mm -hmm. so it's a song by french american rock group king harvest the song was written by sherman kelly produced by jack robinson originally recorded in 1970 by kelly's band Bafalongo. i don't know never (laughs) that's my best guess and then successfully released as a single by King Harvest in 1972, reaching number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100. In 2000, a cover by English band Top Loader mm-hmm. became a worldwide hit and achieved multi-platinum status in the UK. So Sherman Kelly actually wrote this song. This is just wild to me. After surviving an attack in St. Croix in 1969. Wow. And this is what he has to say about it. On a trip to St. Croix in 1969, I was the first victim of a vicious St. Croix attack by a group who eventually killed eight American tourists. Okay, what? At that time, I suffered multiple facial fractures and wounds and was left for dead. While I was recovering, I wrote Dancing in the Moonlight, in which I envisioned an alternate reality, the dream of a peaceful and joyful celebration of life. The song became a huge hit and was recorded by many musicians worldwide. What? (laughs) (laughs) I just, I like sat with that for a while last night. I could not believe that this was where the song originated. Wow. Like out of this intense pain, near death experience, it blew me away. So he envisioned a reality of peaceful and joyful celebration. So we've talked before, Ashley, about how joy is a practice, Mm -hmm. especially in a world that is navigating a pandemic, climate disaster, and on and on. We just had an event at church called Joy as Resistance. How we practice joy together to resist despair was kind of the premise. Mm -hmm. So Sherman Kelly, in writing this song, resisted despair, choosing to direct his energy to this idea of a beautiful reality of celebration. One time, my husband, Cameron, while we were listening to this song, he said, this song always makes me want to throw a big party. We'd invite everyone we know and we'd dance the night away. So I actually have this on my bucket list. And I'll know when we throw this incredible party that it was inspired by the joy of dancing in the moonlight. And that's my song for joy. Oh, 
Well, you know, that is my all-time favorite song. I know, and I can't believe I stole it for this podcast. <laughs> Listener, I like asked Ashley before I put it on my list. I was like, I know you're going to want this, but I got to it first. Sorry. <laughs> it, it really does go on like every playlist I make. It's so good. And there's a lot of good versions. Like you said, I love the top loader version. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, when as Christians, we think about like the end banquet, you know, like the gathering around the table with Jesus. But I feel like dancing in the moonlight is like what comes after. Yeah, I <laughs> love that. And yes. we move out to the backyard under the stars yes. and go dancing. So, And there's something so sacred about that too. I just, I think, yeah. And we're going to talk about play later, but just respecting the place joy and play and fun mm-hmm. have in our life as as Christian people, especially like, practicing that making space for that so dancing in the moonlight love it all right tossing it to you okay my song for joy since nicole stole you know the obvious <laughs> the obvious choice um is don't go breaking my heart by elton john oh, and kiki d i love it so here's the deal my threshold for a song of joy is one that i can sing in the kitchen while making dinner using the soup ladle as a microphone love it and it's such a dance pop song that's all about protecting the one you love but it's done like playfully you know, like there's the line, when I was down, I was your clown. Like there's just this, we're in it together. I love you. I'm not going to hurt you. Um, it's also been on all my party pl- playlists lately. And I've loved Elton John since I was a kid. My mom was a really big fan. Uh, but my love for his music renewed after reading Brandy Carlisle's memoir, Broken Horses. Yeah. Yeah. He was just so, he's been so kind to her. So um, I feel like that's when I kind of picked it up again. Uh, so other songs that fall under my guidelines for joy songs. How Will I Know by Whitney Houston. Oh. Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb by Selena. Yes. Dancing Queen by ABBA. Okay. I mean, the table is wide and long for this category. Anything oh, that man. you can dance to in the kitchen. Yes. Can you make a playlist for us? I feel like you were listening. <laughs> I was like, Ashley, can you make us all a joy playlist, please? Let's do it. All right. Our next category is angst. Maybe my favorite category. <laughs> um... My song for angst is probably not like the most theologically deep song, but it is my song for angst and I won't apologize for it. It's The Middle by Jimmy Eat World. And I just, I couldn't get around it. It is my pick. It's been my pick since I was 12. It's my, Mm -hmm. it's my song for angst. It's my angst anthem. So The Middle is a song by American rock band Jimmy Eat World. It was released in October 2001 as the second wow. single of their fourth album. I know it's old. <laughs> their fourth album, Bleed American. It was a number five hit on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 in 2002 and reached the top 50 in Australia, Ireland, New Zealand, yada, yada, yada. It was a big deal. Um, the song was like a breakthrough hit for Jimmy Eat World, who had self-financed the recording of the Bleed American album mm. after being dropped by Capitol Records in 1999. So it was a real like socket to them kind of move. <laughs> and I'm glad it worked out for them. Uh, also fun, fun fact, this is one of Taylor Swift's favorite songs when she was growing up. She told, <laughs> we can tell Taylor. We yeah. Can tell. She told, I mean like big surprise. It was like everyone's favorite, but I just, I threw that in. She told Rolling Stone, I felt comforted by it because I never really felt like I fit into any clique at school. Taylor, things worked out for you. So <laughs> I'm glad to report you did just fine in life. Um, I remember connecting with the song in my teenage years, but it wasn't until like my mid twenties. That, I ca- that it became like my real angsty song of choice. Um, it's my go-to, no one understands me, and I kind of love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's angsty, but it's also encouraging. The lyrics are 20 years old, 
But in case you don't know them, this is the first verse in chorus. Hey, don't write yourself off yet. It's only in your head you feel left out or looked down on. You just try your best. Try everything you can. Don't you worry what the t- they tell themselves when you're away. It just takes some time. You're in the middle of the ride. Everything will be just fine. It's going to be all right. So this song speaks volumes to me because I can so often like spin a narrative in my head about how I'm just not quite where I need to be or who I need to be, that I'm not quite cutting it, I'm disappointing people, yada yada, it's relatable, right? So the middle is the pep talk I need like 10 out of 10 times and I'm so grateful for it. Rock on, Ashley. (laughs) Rock on. Yeah. Well, Audrey Asad has a cover of it and it's amazing. It's amazing. And yeah. I chose an Audrey, Assad, an Audrey Assad song for a different category. Otherwise, <laughs> I would have chosen her version for yeah. this because she's like, she took every millennial's dream of like <laughs> repackaging the song into this like contemplative, airy, dreamy. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't heard Audrey Assad's The Middle, you must go listen. It's so good. All right, Ashley, what is your angsty song? Okay, my angsty song is Soul of Things by Sarah Groves. Oh, we love Sarah. Well, where do I begin with Sarah Groves, right? (laughs) She's the spiritual mother to my heart, an anchor of faith and reason in my life, the voice that can immediately lower my stress cortisol levels. That's how I feel about Jimmy Eat World, for the record. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) She's everything. Uh, Groves has been producing music since 1998, and Soul of Things is from her most recent album that came out this year, What Makes It Through. She writes about the album in Kazuo Ishiguro's book, The Buried Giant, a husband and wife are waking up to their own histories, the ways they have been wounded and the ways they have hurt the other. The story inspired me to explore the role our memories play in forgiveness and reconciliation. What do we remember? What do we forget? And what do we memorialize? How can we move toward each other when we have different versions of what happened? We are imperfect witnesses to our own lives and histories. And in the end, it is really difficult to tell ourselves the truth. Man, I mean, that just preaches like right there. Yeah, it's so good. So Soul of Things is a song about it being so difficult to tell yourself the truth about things, especially the truth about yourself. And not only is it hard to tell yourself about the truth, it's hard to even see the truth. Our own hearts are vaults of mystery. We get stuck in these memory loops that are deceiving But the song ends that there is a memory of you, be it God, her husband, a friend, a general you, just to keep trying to see the soul of things. It's important work to keep trying to get at the truth, even when looking can cause distress and angst. That's a, that's a different angle on angst, (laughs) but I, but it's a good one. That just sounds, that sounds hard, but good. That's the good hard work. If you're going to be angsty, like get your hands dirty. Yeah. Like dig in. All right, so this is a song for our commitment to goodness. And my pick is We Will Feast in the House of Zion by Sandra McCracken. Sandra McCracken is a singer-songwriter and hymn writer from Nashville, Tennessee, a prolific recording artist. McCracken has produced 14 solo albums over two decades. Yeah, she's churned them out, and they're all fantastic. Her best-selling release, Psalms, from 2015, received critical acclaim, followed by God's Highway, my personal favorite, Mm -hmm. in 2017, which made the top 50 on Billboard Heat Seekers chart without a major label, which is a big deal. Blending the old and new, Sandra has created um, a unique 
way of recasting sacred scripture texts into theologically rich yet very accessible and singable songs. And I think that's a really neat blend Mm -hmm. in her music. Um, Her song, We Will Feast in the House of Zion, is on her 2015 album, Psalms, and has over 2.7 million streams. And for a song like this, it's kind of just fringe Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's more progressive, but is still Mm hymn-like. 2.7 million streams, it's like resonated with people. Yeah, There were a lot of articles and blog posts about this song from different churches using this um, and preaching from this song. And like, Mm. because it is inspired by Isaiah 25, 6 through 9, which says, I'm just going to read it because I want to talk about it. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Hmm. Ashley, I'm curious, like, Give us some insight into like Isaiah and kind of where this is falling and what the vibes are around it. <laughs> okay, so Isaiah spans a couple of centuries. Okay. And it's really kind of split up into three books. Um, and the main thing to know is that there's a lot of angst about in, um, impending exile. Like yeah. as the Syrians are coming. They're going to destroy the Israelites. And, um, and so there's just like a lot of reckoning like, what did we do to deserve this? Do we deserve this? Where is God in all of this? Will we be preserved? Um, and so the first part of Isaiah is like both looking back and looking forward. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of how we can think about it in, you know, how do we approach Isaiah? Because there's so much that we just don't know in our yeah. context, um, is that there's a lot of uncertainty, um, but they're definitely certain that the Assyrians are coming and things are going to get really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. And that's kind of, that was kind of my read and my understanding of Isaiah. And, um, and so Sandra's song is saying, we are certain bad things will happen, Mm -hmm. but we're also certain that good things will happen too. And Mm -hmm. that the bad isn't, isn't necessarily the end. It isn't the ending note. It isn't the finale. It isn't, you know, and, and these bad things aren't, aren't our end. Um, and my commitment to goodness rests on the hope that God's kingdom is coming to be, that we are like active participants in creating the world God longs for. And there's nothing like imagining a feast on the other side of grief. I just think of like, you know, it's like, yeah, there's just nothing like it. It makes me teary. And my commitment to goodness also asks me, who's at this table? Like who's at this feast? Mm -hmm. Everyone is invited. And on this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast. I'm committed to the good work of making the table longer and bringing over more and more chairs. And that's kind of, to me, my my commitment to goodness is like in the uncertainty while we await more bad things that are just bound to happen. What am I putting my hands to? Like, what am I doing right now? What is my commitment to goodness to goodness, and why? Why do I care about the life of the church? Why do I care about, why do I care about Christianity? Yeah. Why do I care about the world God wants? Because I'm committed to a feast on the other side of grief. I'm committed to this idea of promise on the other side of pain. And I want to make sure that everyone is there. 
that everyone's invited, that everyone has a place, um, and that we, that we offer the hope and, and perspective to people to set their eyes on that, you know, on the other side. So just a few of the lyrics say, we will feast in the house of Zion. We will sing with our hearts restored. God has done great things. We will say together, we will feast and weep no more. Mm. Yeah. And that's my pick. I love that. Cassandra McCracken, she does like so many of her songs are singable. And so I feel like even the fact that this album is singable, this song is singable, it's like an invitation. Yeah. Like everybody gets to sing along. Everybody gets to dream together about this. Yeah. That's it. We've sang it at Easel before. The choir sang it, I want to say two or so years ago. We sang it and and I think we should do it again soon. Mm. Yeah. All right, Ashley, what is your song for our commitment to goodness? Okay, my song is Farther Along by Josh Gerrels. Has any other song shaped my faith more? I don't think so. It's a riff on the old hymn, Farther Along, which I think is like in Baptist hymnals. Maybe Church of Christ hymnals? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's not in the chalice. Uh, But Gerrels riffs on hymns a lot. Like this is kind of his thing. Uh, And it's from his album, Love, War, and the Sea in Between, which I contend is still his best album. And he has a lot of great albums. He even has a documentary about him going to Maine Island with a bunch of jaded musicians to record a live version of this album. And it's like this really inspiring documentary about artistry and inspiration. And the family that hosts this group says very clearly in the documentary, we do not believe in the stuff that Josh believes in, but we love his music and we are struck by his lyrics. And so we asked him to come here. Wow. I know, which I think is so cool. So I chose it as a song for our commitment to goodness because it gives us like a long view of things. I mean, even just like we were talking about with Sandra's song, you know, and or Eugene Peterson's idea of a long obedience in the same direction. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this song, the original hymn, and then also um, Gerald's version is like a psalm about wondering why the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer. And the first verse begins... I wonder why the good man dies, the bad man thrives, and Jesus cries because he loves them both. Which, wow. I know. I mean, that's a sermon too. Like Gosh, just right yeah. there. Yeah. So Josh Garrels is a brilliant songwriter. His lyrics have you thinking and chewing and getting saved over and over again. And this song is no different. And there's like so many good lines that I just encourage you to go listen to it. Um, he's from Indiana. And his music ranges from pastoral indie folk to hip hop. Uh, His hip hop is actually very good. Um, And he states that he is just as influenced by the Wu-Tang Clan as he is the hymnal. (laughs) I feel like he should be on our podcast. I know, right? I mean, in in some world, he comes on because I feel like we have a lot in common. Yeah. Apparently, I read an article from NPR and CCM has courted him hard and he has resisted at every turn because he's like I just don't think my music is that I don't think they would be friends yeah (laughs) I feel like they don't have it yeah yeah be an interesting relationship for sure yeah so there's this inside joke among those who sneer at CCM music uh Jesus per minute how many times does an artist say Jesus in one song And in the 66 minutes of the album, Love, War, and the Sea in Between, which is arguably about the life of faith, Garrel says the name Jesus exactly one time. Interesting. I know. I thought they could go either way. I was like, says Jesus two times a minute. Yeah. I was preparing (laughs) to be like, what does that mean? Okay. 
But like, if you are a person of faith, like you can hear that, hear that album and be, and feel like you're resonating so much in the journey of faith. Yes. Or you can be like this family on main Island who does not ascribe to Christian faith, but it's like, I really resonate with the messages of these songs. So I think that's very cool. Gerald's music doesn't offer answers or even praise, but asks a lot of questions and explores God in the world and family and things that are going wrong. And I really think that that's a commitment to goodness, like seeking God in all parts of our life, all rhythms of life. Yeah. I think within Christian music, there's this, uh, it's seductive to be like the final word on Christianity Mm -hmm. and kind of speak with all the certainty about all the things. Yeah. And I'm not even saying that's wrong. I'm just saying it, I like that Josh Garrels is doing his thing well. Yeah. You know, I think the artists that I'm really drawn to these days, it's like they're not for every space always. Yeah. They're for a particular space and they're doing their thing with excellence and I and it's trustworthy, you know, mm-hmm. and because I, I don't know that it's reasonable or good to be like this Christian artist has a song that explains every piece of the Christian faith (laughs) for all time and Mm -hmm. forever and ever. Amen. You know, like what would that even mean? But, but I think that that's what's kind of asked of a lot of contemporary Christian artists is tell us how it starts and ends go, you know? And, and art has always been moving the mark toward like, but we need to stay uncomfortable. I just Mm -hmm. think that's just over the course of human history. It's like, "Mm, art cannot be tamed. (laughs) And I appreciate these Christian artists. Like, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to do my own thing over here yeah. in the corner and I'm going to do it really well. And it's mm-hmm. going to be, it may make some people kind of angry, but that's what good art does, you know? Yeah. Oh, he's great. Okay. Love that choice. Okay. Let's move on to our song for rest. So I chose Shiloh by one of my very favorite artists of all time, Audrey Assad. Mm. I want to read a little excerpt from Audrey's bio on her website. Audrey Assad's music has always been drawn from a well deep with personal experience and discovery. With each new release, she gives listeners an honest look at the seasonal highs and lows of what has turned out to be a layered and complex spiritual journey. The Multiple Dove Award nominee has never shied away from writing her wounds and struggles into her songs. Mm. Instead, she seems to face her greatest trials armed with the knowledge that true healing can only take root in the soil of vulnerability. The result is a bravely authentic confessional approach to writing songs about God, a style which has never been on brighter display than with Assad's newest project, the highly anticipated Eden. Um, So this song Shiloh is on Eden. Um, And this Psalm-like lead single is a vibrant colorful call to all who have been tormented by past hurts so some of the lyrics now as your tears flow let them be cleansing washing your heart so you can be mending she sings Mm. may loving kindness calm the raging of the wound may your healing be a clearing in the wood and may you breathe in deeper than you ever could before it's poetry so good (laughs) This is a song of healing, and in my experience, in order to heal, rest is essential. It takes slowing down, 
leaning into the hurt and really giving yourself all the space you need to mend what's been broken. So many of Audrey's songs could be a soundtrack to healing. Mm-hmm. But specifically for rest, I chose this song, Shiloh. It speaks to me. I love it. Your description of it made me feel restful. Yeah. Her lyrics are like a like a warm, cozy blanket. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, she really just has a way with words. So encourage everyone, especially to listen to her new music. It's it's really intricate musically. It's very interesting. Um, she kind of started her career with just a piano and, and her piano playing, it's out of this world. But she's gotten more kind of like new age, electric. It's, it's just different and it's very, very cool. So I've loved to see how she's kind of changed as an artist but maintained her integrity. Like yeah. her voice has maintained this, this, yeah, this authenticity. And I'm really grateful for her. Yeah. Okay, Ashley, what is your song for rest? Okay, my song is I Will Get There by Boys to Men from the Prince of Egypt inspirational soundtrack. Amazing. <laughs> the inspirational soundtrack released when the movie did and features artists like Brian McKnight, Jars of Clay, Kirk Franklin, CC Winans, and of course, Boys to Men. There's a lot of good songs on it, actually, so I'd check it out if I were you, but I chose I Will Get There by Boys to Men, which was written by Diane Warren, who is amazing and has written a lot of hit songs, including If I Could Turn Back Time by Cher, Because You Loved Me by Celine Dion, what? and I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Okay. What so, is, what's this person's name again? Diane Warren. Diane. <laughs> Diane. We didn't know that you're the hero of our life. Yeah, I know. Wow. So, I mean, just by her track record, you know the song is going to be an emotional trip and a banger. So the song draws on imagery from the Israelites' enslavement in Egypt, of course, because it's accompanying Prince of Egypt. But it's a song about reaching the final destination, crossing the river and getting to the other side. And I know this category is rest and the song is about a lifelong journey, but hear me out. First of all, it's boys to men. Their voices are like butter and honey. I could go to sleep to their songs and half. And I also think that this phrase um, that they repeat, I will get there, is like a reminder that we will eventually get there. Wherever there is, there's no need to hustle or hurry or panic because the way is already laid out for us and we are just simply walking it. That's a, this is a surprising pick from you. <laughs> I, I really, I really appreciate it. The Prince of Egypt soundtrack. I oh, mean, yeah. if y'all haven't given it a listen recently, <laughs> it is worth your time. Um, from personal experience, just listened through and cried. Uh, good. Tears. Um, boys to Men, Ashley. I know. As your song impressed. That, ah, uh, gold. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing like rest. I mean, this is, this is obvious, but just the, the rest that comes from doing something really difficult and just like, that's mm-hmm. just a different kind of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Getting out of rest. A song for our play. Okay. My song for play. You Make My Dreams Come True by <laughs> Hall and Oates. You Make My Dreams is featured on Hall and Oates' ninth studio album, Voices, Daryl Hall and John Oates wrote this with Hall's then-girlfriend, Sarah Allen, who is like the Sarah Smiles gal. Mm. Uh, It's built around the piano. Oates explains that it's just a groove with a very simple title, and it can mean anything to anybody, 
Very cool. Okay, <laughs> cool. Although it only peaked at number five on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, it's been used numerous times in advertisements, movies like The Wedding Singer, Dumb and Dumber, 500 Days of Summer, Despicable Me 2, <laughs> and Ready Player One, amongst others. Um, Daryl Hall recalled to The Sun writing the song in his New York City apartment. I had a Yamaha CP30 piano, which is a very distinctive sound. Um, it's electric piano. I started playing that riff. It just spoke to me, he said. It sounded really on point and aggressive and happy. And I just started singing, you make my dreams come true over it. I wondered, it, this is kind of makes me giggle. I wondered, is it too happy? It, gosh, if that's not a musician, right? I wondered, is it too happy? Okay. <laughs> it's going to be fine, Daryl. <laughs> Could I think of something just a little more complicated? And I tried, but it is what it is. It just really wrote itself. Just such a musician. Um, it's interesting because Jim Atkins from Jimmy Eat World was initially embarrassed by his song, The Middle, because he thought it was too simple. And here, Daryl Hall questioned if You Make My Dreams should be more complicated. So these two songs are a couple of like their greatest hits. And to the mm -hmm. artists, and this is just like, you know, that angsty artist. Uh, these artists were initially confused as to whether or not they could like stand on their own. And so I don't know if there's a lesson in that for anybody listening, but there you go. Um, you Make My Dreams is the perfect song for a dance break. You know, those like mid-movie goofy dance breaks. I'm thinking of, do you remember this? Hugh Grant in Love Actually. Yeah. That scene where he's just like, he just like is going for it. Dancing, being goofy. Uh, it's just like the most feel-good movie moment when somebody's being outrageously silly and having the time of their life. That is what this song makes me feel. I want to boogie and get goofy and run around the house with my toddler. I know this song will be part of the soundtrack to many dance parties in my house in 2022. <laughs> and that's my choice for play. Okay, my choice is Let My Love Open the Door, mm -hmm. written and performed originally by Pete Townsend. So the song appeared first on Townsend's 1980 album, Empty Glass. It's been covered by Ben Harper, Unlucky Sunny, others, and it's been featured in a ton of movies, such as Jerry Maguire, Along Came Polly, and Mr. Deeds. Flood Music Magazine calls it the cinematic dad rock tune that will not die. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and we, of course, know it from the movie Dan in Real Life. Oh, yeah, we do. Featuring one of our favorite movie dads, Dan, played by Steve Carell. Mm -hmm. He and his on-screen brother, Dane Cook, perform it for a family talent show. And everyone is reverent because though Dane is being funny, Dan has not picked up the guitar since his wife died a few years ago. And he finishes the song with the final verse, nearly a cappella. When tragedy befalls you, don't let it drag you down. Love can cure your problems. You're so lucky I'm around. Let my love open the door. Let my love open the door. Let my love open the door to your heart. It's this really playful yet heartwarming moment. And this song is like such a feel-good song for me. And I think it's because I love the movie so much, you know. And But I don't know. It's just like a serotonin trigger. And I love it for sentimental reasons. There's like no deep expo exploration of life or the theology of play. Just... Happy vibes. Just happy vibes, but you just gave us like a really like heart-wrenching, yeah, okay. That's just, those are Ashley's happy vibes for the record. <laughs> when tragedy befalls you. <laughs> yeah, that movie scene is like everyone balls their yeah, eyes out. Like he hasn't picked up a guitar since his wife died. <laughs> but very on brand for Ashley to be like, my play song also. Makes <laughs> me think about this terribly tragic scene in the movie. But you're right. It's like, it's this, it's meaningful, yeah. you know, it's like, 
it's one of those scenes that's so beautiful and playful, like you said, but rips your heart out, but in the best way. Yeah. So, which I feel like that's kind of what play is for you. (laughs) (laughs) A touch of sadness. A touch of sadness, but there's meaning in it. So, all right. Our next category, a song for our doubt. So I chose Give Me Doubt by The Brilliance. The founders of The Brilliance are David Gunger, the brother of Michael Gunger, if you're familiar with Michael, the liturgist Gunger, um, and John Arndt. The origins of this group go back to when David Gunger was leading worship at a church in Tulsa. Um, This is what David said. The brilliance was started to really have a different sound for worship music. I was tired of playing the same sounding music every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so I was inspired by my wife and my brother-in-law who are classical musicians. David wanted to craft original music written around the liturgical calendar for his congregation, which I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. He sent some ideas to John, who was living in Austin at the time. From there, the two began creating and recording under the name The Brilliance. Over the next few years, the duo, with a variety of musicians, including cellists, violinists, and rhythm players, began recording albums and sharing their music on the road in churches, house shows around the USA. Though some of their songs are congregational in the traditional sense, many aren't, and they were written to be this way. They're more contemplative. They're prayerful. Mm -hmm. David and John saw something missing in mainstream commercial worship music, and their answer was to write really intricate, moving songs that create space for a lot of things. But doubt shows up big time. So for me, in choosing a song for my doubt, I wondered if I should choose... A cozy song that reminds me why I'm a Christian. An upbeat tune to get me out of the mud of my wandering. But I chose this song by The Brilliance called Give Me Doubt. Because I'm learning, slowly, that doubt really is not my enemy. Doubt often leads to the greatest breakthroughs in my faith. Doubt is the portal to new understand to new understandings of God. So for my doubt... In 2022, I want to look at it and say, welcome, stay a while. Thank you for being here. What do you have to teach me? So some lyrics from this song, Give Me Doubt, are, Give me doubt so I can see my neighbor as myself. Give me doubt so I can lay all my weapons on the ground. When the armor of God is too heavy for peace, give me doubt. What will be my courage now? My shield from evil. Love, be my courage now. I shall not fear. Mm. It's one of my favorites. It's so good. And I'm excited to see what doubt has to teach me this year, even if it makes me a little nervous. Yeah. What is your song for doubt? So my song is Doubting Thomas by Nickel Creek. So this song was released in 2005. And the singer asks a lot of questions about the end of life, the meaning of faith, And he seems to be singing to God. And I come back to this song a lot. Um, One of my favorite pastors says that faith and doubt greet each other with a kiss on the lips each morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they walk the road hand in hand. And that's really been true in my own life. I mean, my doubt and questions have been ways for me to know God and really evaluate my own beliefs. I don't think I have one belief about God or the church or the life of faith that does not also have doubt as as a companion. So there's this line from the song that like strikes me to the heart every time I hear it. It's, can I be used to help others find truth 
when I'm scared that I'll find proof it's a lie. I know. Wow. So as a pastor, as someone who preaches every Sunday, listens to people's faith questions, this question haunts me. You know, I grew up in a certainty is God, God is certainty context. And so learning to be comfortable with questions and uncertainty has been a really difficult journey. I remember thinking in my first year of seminary that I was scared that someone might let the secret slip that God wasn't real. Mm. I was so certain that someone would accidentally spill the beans. But now I realize the question, is God real, is not really the right question. I mean, first of all, what do I mean by God? And what do I mean by real? And what implications does the answer to the question, is God real, have for how I live my life and move through the world? I mean, I think those are better questions. Yeah. So the song ends with a twist on its chorus. I'm a doubting Thomas. I'll take your promise. Though I know nothing safe. Oh, me of little faith. And that is a chorus that I can sing with conviction. I mean, I may not know anything for certain 100% of the time or even 50% of the time, but I can choose to take God's promise. I can know that nothing is safe and also choose to trust. That's a good word, Pastor Ashley. (laughs) I like it. Okay, we've made it to our last category. This is our song for faith. So I chose this song called... Your Labor is Not in Vain, from Work Songs by the Porter's Gate Worship Project. So let's talk about the Porter's Gate Worship Project real quick. Following the model of ancient medieval monastic porters, the Porter's Gate co-directors Isaac and Megan Wardell founded the Sacred Arts Collective to serve as a welcoming beacon of light to those both inside and outside of the church, mirroring each project's theme after St. Benedict's values of hospitality in the Christian life. So for instance, their projects or albums are titled Advent Songs, Lament Songs, Justice Songs, Neighbor Songs, and Work Songs. Isaac Wardell said in an interview, these porters became known for the way they served sojourners and strangers and refugees. So at the heart of that image of the porter is this notion of missionary hospitality, the hospitality of a Christian community. In 2017, the Wardells invited a group of friends from many church backgrounds to New York City for a conversation surrounding calling and vocation, resulting in the Porter's Gate debut album, Work Songs. They hosted a second gathering in Nashville in January 2019, but this time they intentionally curated a select group of greater diversity, boasting more than 50 songwriters, theologians, pastors, and worship leaders from a variety of cultures and worship traditions. Mm -hmm. The intent was to cross lines of difference in order to facilitate healthy conversations. Isaac said, It was our desire that we would really, with some intentionality, reach across denominational lines, reach across theological lines, reach across racial and cultural lines. People experience church differently depending on their gender, whether or not they're single or married, divorced or widowed. How do we live in community across those kinds of lines. So my faith song for 2022 is Your Labor is Not in Vain. And it's off their work songs album. It starts very simple with a piano and a single voice. It has the melody of what feels like a hymn, very singable, easy to follow. It's really inviting in that way. And as the song goes, more and more voices and more stringed instruments join in and it swells with energy and really pulls you into the heart of what it's trying to say. And the final verse and chorus go like this. The houses you labor to build will finally, with laughter and joy, be filled. Mm. 
The serpent that hurts and destroys shall be killed, and all that is broken be healed. For I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. For I have called you, called you by name. Your labor is not in vain. Those words, I am with you, your labor is not in vain, stick to me. They wrap me up in the warmth that is trusting that God is present. My faith is tied up in this like unrelenting hope. I mean, it really is like relentless. (laughs) This relentless hope that God is with me. I just can't shake it. It's truly amazing. (laughs) Even when my doubt is, is just screaming. There is this this belief in me that God is is here in some capacity somehow and that this labor this commitment to goodness this work to hold faith to 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 love my faith and and want my faith to evolve mm-hmm. that this labor this aching over the world and God's people is not in vain and that it matters and that's my choice. And I, I love that the song was a collaboration. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it, the lyrics were born from a lot of different brains and hearts coming together. The music is collaborative. It's just, it was a group project and they really knocked it out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they really did. They did an incredible job. And they graciously offer these songs on their band camp website with sheet music to every wow. song they've produced, wow. which as a church musician is, is really something. Yeah. I mean that they would go to the painstaking, uh, you know, effort of not only making these songs really singable for people and it's both like they're interesting songs and they're singable and their music is free on this website. And I think, wow. I think that's a real gift. Um, it's a real gift to people. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Ashley, what is your song for our faith? Okay, it's a song called Down to the Water by Zach Winters. Okay. So the lyrics are very simple, so I'm just going to read all the lyrics. It's a couple lines. Awesome. I go down to the water to sit and be still. When the God that I could recognize was a God that I had wrought, and every face he made was a fraud. Boy, you surprised me when love is who you are. Love is who you are. Your love. I go down to the water to sit and be still. Hmm. No. Wow. So uh, the song, he sings, I go down to the water to sit and be still like over and over and over again. And then he moves into the rest of the lines. Um, So it's a really contemplative song. Zach Winters is a self-described naturalist. His music is like Christian-ish and contemplative. He has a family with a ton of kids and lives a bit of a nomadic musician life. And my first exposure to him was at a Josh Garrels concert in Austin in 2015. He was the opening act and played like all of these intricate acoustic songs with lyrics that I wish I would have written down. And this is a song for my faith because it's like a Taze meditation. It's short and repetitive and it draws you into a posture of prayer. It's, it's not even a full length song. It's like a minute 30. And I come back to it over and over again because it points me to nature and the fact that God is love and also is somewhat of a stranger. You know, like we can never fully know God. So to think we have God figured out means that we don't know God at all. There's this Buddha saying that goes, if you meet the Buddha, kill him. And it means that if anything claims to be the Buddha or you think you've met him, then it's not the real Buddha. And I think that we can respectfully borrow that understanding from our Buddhist neighbors for our own Christian faith. 
If we think we know God in God's fullness, then we don't. There's so much mystery and unknown, but that's not a reason to despair because we can rest in the fact that in all of the unknown, God is still love. And for winters, he remembers this by going down to the water and being still. And of course, as a disciple, I think of the water as a reminder of my baptism. I come back to this means of grace given to me by Jesus that plants me in this community that transcends time and space. And I can find God in that love that's fostered by this community. That's so good. And I, I, as you're talking about God kind of being the stranger, you know, and we, I mean, the journey of faith is the unknowing, the, you know, recognizing like, yeah, that we don't, we don't know. And, and we are experiencing life with God and I, and it, they're just, yeah, we hold it all so lightly, but I, I was thinking about the Josh Garrels song that you talked about how he's asking like, why do the wicked succeed and the righteous fall in Jesus Christ? Cause he loves them both. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like it, God, you know, at first glance, it's like, God is love. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's like, we, we tell this to the children. That's so, it's so sweet. God is love. But like, that is kind of a mind blowing concept. Like God is love. God loves, God loves, you know, the people that when I was younger, it was just so easy for me to be like, love your enemies. Great. (laughs) Got it. Check. We turn on some Jimmy eat world, you know, like (laughs) got this down in the, just the older I get, the more I'm like, golly, it's fostering a life of faith and, and really sitting by the river. Yeah. And really thinking about God, really doing that. I mean, whew, there's a reason there's a reason we are actively carving out time in our life for rest mm-hmm. and to sit still. Because everything in me, when I really think about what that means, like mm-hmm. to sit and contemplate God and what that would mean for my life. Yeah. So it's a it's hefty. Yeah. There's this Wendelberry poem. Um, I think it's, I think it's called the piece of wild things. And he's like, when the despair grows for me and the world, my children will inherit. I go down and experience the piece of wild things. Mm -hmm. And he like goes and sits by the water and watches a bird, maybe a heron or something. And it's this idea that there's peace in wildness. Yeah. And there's this postmodern thinker. I can't remember if it's Jacques Derrida or Emmanuel Levinas, but one of them talks about how um, you can't know someone and love someone at the same time wow. because the one, the object of your love should always have some kind, they should always be other. Like there should, you should never, because like knowing is like an ownership. Like I have you figured out, I have your number and so in order to truly love, we have to let there remain some kind of mystery, some kind of unknown. And, and I think that that kind of gives us like a way to exhale and to breathe out because I don't have to like seek to understand every single thing about God that I can just like rest in the love and that's yeah. enough. Absolutely. And on that note <laughs> of resting in the loving presence of this God that we are so curious about. Um, Ashley, would you end us in a blessing? I will. 
So the blessing is an adaptation of a benediction that I do for our hymn sings at our church when we just call out numbers from the chalice hymnal um, of all the songs we want to sing. So it's, uh, I adapted it for this podcast. So I invite you to be in a place of grounding. For me, that means both feet are on the floor. My hands are resting gently on my legs and receive this benediction. Sometimes it is easier to sing our beliefs and hum our petitions. Sometimes music can say things we cannot. So may the great God of missed notes and minor keys open our hearts to the great melody in the world, to the song the Holy One sings just beyond our ability to hear. May the God of the psalmists and the God of the bar pianists, God of the opera singers and God of the shy karaoke performers, God of the sheet music and God of the shower singing, God of the choir and God of the lone singer, God of the sad songs and God of the Jubilee parade, fill our hearts with songs for whatever 2022 may hold. Amen. Go in peace. Listener, if you would like to listen to our 2022 playlist that includes all of the songs we talked about, go to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening.